0: Well, welcome back to another special episode of Podular Modcast, where we're going to actually let Tim field some questions from you, the listener, and, uh, yeah, just, we're going to get into all sorts of wild stuff tonight. and welcome back to Podular Modcast. I'm Tim, and this week we're going to talk about all sorts of different things, but I cannot hold it back any longer. I'm so excited to talk about Velocity 2022. That's Modular Seattle, and Patchworks presents Velocity. The trade shows, the seminars, the workshops, the performances. I don't know what I'm most excited about. August 27th, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. You can get your tickets now. Going to be at the substation in Seattle. And uh, if you, even if you don't live in Seattle or uh, in the Northwest, you should make a trip out for this because check this out. As I said, trade show, seminars, workshops, and performances. Well, part of that whole uh, seminar section is a live pod mod featuring uh, a little panel and a little chatty chat with the, uh, the headliners of the show. And who are they? Have you ever heard of Richard Devine? Have you ever heard of Daedalus? Have you ever heard of Lisa Belladonna? Yeah, so uh, they're all gonna be on the live pod mod. They're also gonna be playing live shows. Daedalus is going to give a seminar. Uh, Travarsi and uh, Alex from WMD, aka ALX106, are going to be performing together. Todd Barton's gonna be there, Patricia Wolf. I mean, there's so many people that I, uh, yeah. If I just started naming them off, it would be like a minute and a half long. But you can go over to velocityseattle.com to learn more about it. Man, I'm so excited! And if you don't know what Velocity is or haven't heard of, you know, Velocity 2019. Oh my God! Seriously, one of the um, the most fun days of my adult life. I believe I met so many cool people, and. Uh, got to meet in person all these people that i'd talked to on the show and yeah it was it was amazing um yeah that was basic and annie amulets bana hafar our benny it was it was amazing so um yeah get your tickets buy your plane tickets and your tickets to the show come out and uh and hang out with us i'm so so excited and speaking of patchworks this episode is brought to you by patchworks our lovely synth shop here in the pacific northwest i just went there uh a few days ago and here's what I got. I got a Cupas. I got a uh, Chaos Devices Minsk, which is like a a side, not a, a mid-side uh, stereo imager thing. Uh, it's, it seems very cool. I haven't I haven't used it that much, but I'm I'm real stoked on it. I also got uh, a Micro Freak, which I'm pretty excited about, and uh, more on that later. But what we're gonna do today? Oh wait, hold on. Let me finish that up. That's Patchworks, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. Our... It's just one of my favorite places in the whole world. Um, so yeah, head over to Patchworks in the flesh if you'd like. There's a cool little uh, there's a cool little like display that uh, Justin from modular seattle aka snowden made uh for the pod mod and friends vinyl and yeah that's all i'll say because i don't want to i don't want to ruin this not the surprise but it's just it's like this cool little like museum exhibit he made about that and i had to write a bio and give him this uh, found object and uh it may or may not be a bone from an animal, maybe a jawbone from some sort of animal. I don't know. You'll ha- you'd have to go in there and check it out. Um, was that sufficiently cryptic? I feel like if you don't, if if you haven't been in there or haven't seen a picture of it, that was maybe one of the most confusing thirty seconds of Podmod history. And I'm gonna leave it that way. Also, want to say thanks to After Later Audio for your continued support of the show. I've been making a lot of demo videos and, uh, having a lot of fun. Just, it's so fun to work for a synth company and like, yeah, it like my job is to figure out how to make these modules do cool things and it pushes me as a synthesis. Um, yeah, it's really cool, but head over to afterlateraudio.com to learn more about all the amazing modules. And there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff coming out. Um, this year and next year. We got a, a freaking packed release schedule, so yeah. Buckle up. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. I messed up. I always, you know, I have I have pre-recorded conversations. You know, I have a bank of these things set up for release, but I wasn't paying close enough attention to my release schedule and, and uh, you know, the guest's release schedule. Basically, I can't release anything that I have right now due to time-sensitive information. So this week's episode, uh, I called upon all y'all to help me, um, to make an episode. And I basically said, Hey, what, what should this week's episode be? And you all didn't disappoint. Thank you so much. I have this, uh, word document that I've kind of saved everybody's, everybody's, uh, submissions and ideas. And, uh, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna set those up gonna line them up and knock them down. So let's just get right into it. Um, from ice Locust. Here's a topic of conversation. How to stop procrastinating on making stuff for release. That is a problem a lot of people have. I have experienced this problem myself. And uh, it's something we have talked about quite a bit on the show with various guests over the years. Um, But the distillation of uh, all those conversations that I've had and my personal experience um, basically is... You have to set some deadlines and find a way to hold yourself accountable. And I think a lot of times you need um, something outside of yourself to hold yourself accountable. So it's hard sometimes, maybe to, uh, you know, say, okay, I'm going to finish this by the 15th. But if you're the only one who knows that, or the only one who that, you know, like you need somebody else to know that and have some sort of motivation for you to finish it as well. So here is a creative idea. I've never done this, but it's something I thought of the other day when I was thinking about how to answer this question. What if you found a friend, a close friend, who um, was a real stickler to to like code and you know honor, and you made a bet with that friend and said, hey, I bet you that I will finish this album by this date. And if I don't, I'll give you X amount of money and whatever X amount of money is, make sure it's like big enough to kind of hurt, but not like, obviously like, you know, put you, put you, uh, on skid row or whatever, but you know, that's one thing you need, you need some way to hold yourself accountable and you need to maybe set up some, uh, some consequences for yourself. If you don't, uh, that may seem kind of draconian or, or, or harsh. Um, is Draconian... Did I use that right? I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe that's a, a little too uh, intense. But um, this isn't as much about trying to finish uh, an album or or a release, more along the lines of building a set for a show or something. Um, when I was first starting out as a solo electronic musician, I really wanted to play a show. Uh, but I, I was like, I need to build a set first to play the show. And I just never got around to building the set. It was always something like in the back of my head, I need to do this so I can do the thing that I really, really want to do. But it's hard to, to make the time or find the time, I understand that. So uh, I just actually started booking shows before I had sets. And then that was kind of my, that was my modus operandi for a while, as far as playing live. Um, I wouldn't have a live set. And I always kind of wanted, I, I, it, that was never an ideal uh, setup. I would, I would love to have had the motivation to build a live set and then, you know, hone in on what I liked about it and get good at it and then book a show. But it just, uh, yeah, I just never did that. So I always just booked shows to, uh, cause I knew I wouldn't make the set and practice the set without uh, without that deadline. Um, so back to like the album or release thing, you could maybe, if, if you can afford it, I think you should maybe try to find somebody to mix it for you or master it for you and get on their schedule. Um, because a lot of these people have to schedule these things in advance, um, because they have a lot of, have a lot of projects going on. So if you, you know, if you can get something a few months down the road, be like, all right, and then pay a deposit. Well, now you really have to finish it. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, you need to find your, what motivates you and what kind of consequences you can actually reasonably impose upon yourself if you don't finish tasks or something i don't know it's it's really really hard um i'll also say this it's maybe not as much about the procrastination but something that i'm i'm currently like in the throes of right now and really trying to take advantage of is um the muse the muse is by my side. The muse is whacking me, is waking me up every morning, whacking me over the head with a two by four of inspiration. I, I just really feel like I wanna be making music constantly right now. And that's not always the case. In fact, it's this is the this is more rare. Um, most of the time I want to want to make music, but I don't have that that compulsion, that drive. Um, so if if you're like that and you know you have periods of where you feel more inspired. And then periods where you're not really feeling it. Um, when you notice that you're in that period of inspiration, um, really try to to take advantage of it and set up uh, set up your life in a way where you can you can nurture it without it being too uh, disruptive. You know, so like I, I have a partner and I have other you know a job and and social life and all this stuff. So I have to make sure that I. Because I it, give left to my own devices, I will ignore all of those things and only work on my, <laughs> you know, whatever I feel artistically drawn to. If I'm if I'm really in the throes of it, so uh, you know, set up time, make time, take advantage of those those moments, and uh, you know, that's going to be different for everybody. But just kind of find a way to uh, to make it work for you. All right, next topic from Brett Warren integrating modular with traditional instruments for your setup um that's something that i i think everybody who listens to this show knows that i've been pretty interested in for a while and i and i kind of go back and forth on the extent to which i try to do this but i'm part of this uh this 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 mode that i'm in right now with wanting to really create is is leaning very heavily on guitar bass um you know non-modular synths that actually have like a keyboard that I can just kind of start playing and, uh, some drums. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to figure out the best way to implement, um, more traditional instruments with modular because there's just so, well, there's so many different traditional instruments and there's so many different ways you can do it. Um, I think what's really important is having some way of getting these instruments into the modular environment, um, and the hardest the biggest challenge of that is just uh you know different levels as far as like line levels and and pedal levels and everything versus modular levels there's a pretty big difference so you know plugging guitar straight into modular sometimes it's it's a pretty weak signal coming from the guitar and then if you're plugging your modules into an effects pedal anybody who has done that without you know the right the right uh like step down transformer or whatever is is uh they know how overblown the the pedals can get so you know if you're gonna if you're wondering about how to do this you, i think you first have to answer a few questions what is it that i'm trying to get into the euro rack world or what am i trying to bring the euro rack um ecosystem into as far as other music technologies um and then find the the, the right gear for that um there's lots of options ai synthesis makes this the uh the stomp box adapter which you can buy the kit for like 40 bucks i think it takes about maybe 20 minutes if you know how to do soldering like if you're if you're like even just like reasonably good at soldering you could probably finish it in less than a half hour and it's uh it's one it's it's two basically you get two so you go to two different um fx chains and yeah works really well um And then as far as like getting stuff into your Euro rack, like microphones, I think the little Mikey from expert sleepers is a really great option because it has an XLR slash quarter inch input um, that does have phantom power on it. So that is very, very useful. So something like, you know, the the shotgun mic that I use all the time needs needs to be powered. It does have a battery in it. You can put a battery in it, but it, it drains pretty quickly. So having, um, you know, something I can plug in and get some phantom power off of and, and get my mic into my modular system for field recording, for instance, I think uh, the Little mic is a great option. Or um, the 4MS Percussion Interface and Interface Expander, that takes a, a quarter-inch input, no, no phantom power supplied. However, the advantage of this is you can create... Um, an envelope follower or generator off of the incoming signal. There's a sensitivity for your input. So if you have a hot signal, you can really dial it down. And if you have a, a weak signal, you can, you can really crank it up. And um, with the expander, like I said, a quarter inch input. And then there is some um, other uh, CV options. So you can actually generate CV and, uh, and get your, your, your modular ecosystem synced in time theoretically with with the surrounding world whether that's a drum set or a babbling brook so those are some options that i have used that i have found some success with um i think you know it's really hard to to like try to tell you how to how to write music with with the two because I'm, i'm still figuring that out i tend to look at the modular as more of kind of a uh If it's something that I wanna do percussively where I'm gonna play drums um, live, but also use modular stuff, I'll I'll do like glitchy stuff to play drums along with. um, Glitchy stuff on the modular and then do more traditional drums outside of modular. Uh, But I also kind of look at modular as maybe the more um, soundscape-y, yeah, sonic swathy side of it. And then the guitar and bass and, and, traditional keyboard is a little bit more of like writing real music not real music but like more traditional melodic lines repetitive things that you can grab onto. but now i feel like i'm very I'm, i am just in the weeds of rambling right now so i'm gonna move on thank you brett that was a that's a good question this one is gonna get people riled up aaron goldberg how's it going aaron aaron's a pretty cool dude i've never met him in person but we've talked a lot on instagram and he makes the music for the duncan chussell family hour podcast so that's pretty cool Aaron asks, what about screwless modular cases? Why no options? Apparently, um, what was it? Error Instruments had one, but they're sold out. I've never really thought about this too much, but um, it seems like a good idea. And I instantly just think of like a vice, you know, maybe you have like a spring loaded, um, you know, two racks that are spring loaded that you can just kind of pull apart and put modules in. I I don't know, That seems like, yeah, would be kind of easy I don't but maybe not I'm not an engineer but on the topic of of just you know screws and whatever uh, as far as Eurorack cases go I, I have to say that I have completely changed my mind about how I feel about sliding sliding nuts I used to I used to like the fixed and I used to hate sliding nuts I prefer sliding nuts now and I I, I can hear you all gasping because um, I know a lot of people hate them, but they are far superior. And here's why. You don't get any gaps between your modules. With the fixed stuff, not all 20 HP faceplates are created equal, I don't think. So there's always some weird spacing issue and, and only some module uh, faceplates actually have slotted screw holes. Um, if they all had scrot- If we could all agree to just make slotted screw holes that were like... That had a like a pretty, pretty like wide range as far as slotted screw holes go. Then maybe I'd go back to fixed. But yeah, with the sliding, you can just put everything right where you need it to be. Um, so yeah, I think it's superior. But yeah, taking your modules out and putting them back in sucks. If there was a, like just a click, set and forget, as like super qu- um, quick way to do it. Oh my god, that'd, if you could successfully make that system with a case that was you know like a nice case like a nice travel case um you put everybody else out of business i bet so for all you engineers out there listening i think this is one of the reasons aaron Aaron wanted to submit this question it's like please somebody make it so yeah look I'm, i'm i'm helping to to amplify that desire um so hank yates aka Mousy magazine um He's been on the show a few times. I think I think the Mousy Magazine albums are some of the best albums I've heard from our community, or they're just some of my favorite albums, just straight up. I think Hank is a very very talented artist. But he asks if I sh- he, he said I should interview Hannah about how to keep your studio plants alive, and if she has any studio plant strategies or species. I asked Hannah about this, and of course, when you ask uh, uh, a a uh, an expert a, a question that's not at the expert level they always have seven more questions for you in response um how much light are is there light at all um you know so i, I asked her to maybe think about it more from like a, a home studio you know like more like a bedroom not not as much of a studio so like my studio that has two big light two big windows in it um you know fine figure out what kind of light you have. Do you have low light? Do you have mid light? Do you have, uh, you know, is it a a lot of light that you have? A lot of natural light in that room? And then figure out uh, what kind of plants uh, survive in the the light environment that you have. Um, And then choose choose your plants there and then learn their watering schedule. Because something that I've heard Hannah tell so many people over and over, it's, it's driven into my head. It's part of my DNA now is you can't overwater a plant while you're watering it you know because it's you know all the excess will drain um out of the bottom so you don't worry about like feeling like you're giving it too much water when you are watering it but if you water it too often that's no good you can't water it too often that's that'll kill it um and you can't obviously you can't you need to water it enough um the sunlight thing is huge, obviously. We have a pitcher plant, one of these little carnivorous plants that grows these little pitchers where bugs fall in, but we haven't had any pitchers on it. And we've had it for like over a year. And you know, Hannah just did some more research and figured it out. Yeah, it just needed like a little bit more light. It was in a, light, a well-lit area, but it needed more. And a month later, we've got three little pitchers forming. So yeah, I think it, it all depends on your room. So figure out your room, what kind of light you've got, and then figure out what kind of plants, okay, within that, within that variety, what do you want? And then figure out how to water the things. Um, yeah, I got a couple of great plants. I'm very lucky that my wife maintains them for me because uh, they would die otherwise. So I've got, I've, I've literally got two trees in here. Maybe I'll take a picture of them and, and, and show y'all. Please pardon the interruption, but let me tell you about a wizard I know. A magus? Magus? Is it magus or magus? Either way, Nathan Moody is a mastering engineer over at Obsidian Sound. I have had three projects mastered by Nathan, one of which has not been released yet, so I'm excited about that, but one of which you're hearing a piece of right now. That's right, the Mystery Circles Presents Podular Modcast and Friends album was mastered by Nathan Moody at Obsidian Sound. In fact, I believe the entire Mystery Circle's catalog, or at least a, an astronomical percentage of releases over there, mastered by Nathan Moody. And chances are, some of your favorite modular albums have been mastered by Nathan Moody at Obsidian Sound. Nathan has mastered thousands of songs and hundreds of albums for independent artists, labels, professional composers, and game studios. He's worked with such modular artists as Akil Adam, B-Boy Tech, Heinbach, Ivo Ivanov, Gerald Fjord, Todd Barton, Travarsi, R. Benny, um, yours truly, I just mentioned that. Nathan is a modular artist himself, I've seen him live, amazing, Um, and focuses on preserving artistic intent above all else. He also offers mix reviews for those needing a fresh objective set of ears, that I think is Worth the price of admission alone right there. I've taken advantage of that. You know, as somebody who mixes my own stuff, you need some of that mixed review because we're not all mixing engineers like, you know, like Hugo over there at Tiny Crush Mixing. Ah, shout out to Hugo. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're doing stuff yourself, it's really nice to have Nathan to take some time to listen to it and give you some pointers because you, you want to get it in the best shape possible before you send it over to him. Because, you know, you can only, well, I'm not going to use that old saying, but you probably know where I was going to go. So back to the task at hand. If you're looking for an experienced partner to help make your release leap out of the speakers, visit obsidiansound.net. If you mention that you heard about Nathan at Podmod, you'll get 10% off your first mastering project. Again, that's obsidiansound.net. Uh, the next topic brought up was from Dandel Puss on on Discord. Uh, Saying, "Ooh, I love hearing about new discoveries uh, for techniques. I think, um, I think they mean in modular, like new discovering new techniques in modular. I don't know that I. I mean, it's so hard to even know what like techniques I actually know. I just kind of patch. So I'm trying to." think of new techniques um i don't have anything new but something i uh i told some students when i had some some modular students over the pandemic and uh, a friend of mine who's gearing up to play his first uh, modular set soon is a technique i like to use is um if i especially when i had a smaller set setup and find a way to uh pull double duty out of one oscillator if that oscillator has like multiple waveform outs so like maybe use a a triangle and a sine wave out Um, but send those outs into different VCAs um, that are being controlled by uh, gate like uh, envelopes that are being triggered by gate sequences that don't happen at the same time so and then writing like a 16 step sequence but only have 8 of those notes be used for one of the melodic lines say for the triangle wave and then eight of the notes for the sine wave but so if you just had the oscillator with a note going into no VCAs you just have this repeating 16 step sequence but you can set it up in a way to have just the the notes um, just have the triangle play at one point and just have the the sine wave play at another point um, you can have some crossover there too, uh, but just like you know, finding ways, interesting ways to pull double duty, and stretching all of your your modules out to the furthest extent that you can, so you don't, so you don't have to uh, get a new case as soon as you think you do. I don't know. I don't know if that made sense, but I think that's that's a fun little technique. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I'll have to come back to this. I'll, I'm going to keep this in my mind as I go to patch next and see if anything pops up. But uh, yeah, I like that question um, or that suggestion for a topic. But before I get into the next couple here that were submitted, I do want to take a minute to talk about, um, well, what can I do for you? What can I offer you to entice you to join up on the Patreon Cause something I figured out recently is there, there, you know, there, there are different types of people who sign up for Patreon, and this is not a value judgment. It's just there's just you know personality types. Um, there's a type of person who signs up because they just want to support the show and they don't care about any of the you know the benefits or the exclusive stuff. Um, and then there's the people who, you know, sign up and they want that exclusive stuff. And I think most of uh, the PodMod patrons out there, thank you, by the way, I think they they fall into the former category where they just want to help. They don't really care about the the uh, the exclusive stuff or whatever. It's just, you know, they just like the show, want to support it. And that's what kind of Patreon um, subscriber I am. I also don't really keep up on on the Patreon pages of the, p- the people I support. I'm just more into them and want to do that. Um, and that works, you know, that's cool. That's, that's really cool. Um, it makes my job easier. But here's the thing. I think I've tapped out on the amount of people who want to support the show just because. Um, and for those of you out there who would like to support the show but would like to you know, have a little bit more enticing of incentives as far as exclusive content or whatever. Um, I really would like to know what that is or what you'd like to see. I've asked before and got some really good suggestions. and for you know, the last two weeks, I've been releasing some morphogene reels. Um, I'm also thinking about doing um, a portion of each show, uh, have a patch have the patch breakdown of the, uh, the patch challenge and have that be only available to Patreon subscribers. Um, I also am, am... I don't know if this is going to for sure happen, but I'm thinking about doing random um, prototype module giveaways because I work for a synth company and I, I, make, I design my own modules now and I, uh, I get prototypes and sometimes those are not the finished product, but I have like five of these things and it's like, well, what do I do with these? Um, so I'm, I'm hopefully by the end of the year going to be giving away a number of of module prototypes <laughs> I think that would be a really good incentive just kind of randomly select you so if you're if you were a patreon subscriber you could randomly get selected um I don't know I don't know how that works because I know you're not supposed to like do gambling stuff so I gotta make sure it's not any form of gambling but um yeah what what what, what sounds good because I I, I I would like to grow the patreon it hasn't grown in a while. It's been sitting in the same spot. The Patreon is uh, what makes this show possible, and I want to make it more possible, <laughs> which I know doesn't actually mean anything. But yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my Patreon spiel. So if you if you uh, if you support me there, thank you very much. And uh, if you have supported me in the past, thank you very much. You know, this isn't something I expect forever. Um, and if you support me in the future, well, future Tim probably thanks you but who knows he, he could go through some dark shit between now and then and uh, you know maybe maybe he gets one of those weird brain injuries that changes your personality completely and just becomes a total asshole uh, that would be weird if that happened to me that, that'd suck for everyone else I mean it probably I, I, how does, I wonder how that works brains are weird moving on um, from LA audio labs they ask uh if i would if I would talk a little bit about how I approached the Podular modcast and friends remixes um and yeah, I'd love to i don't think i i think I've mentioned it a little bit, but um yeah, what I did there was i i it well it was it was a while ago, and it was kind of i was in my you know putting everything into the stereo triggered sampler from four m s phase and then just kind of you know messing with the samples there and and triggering one sample from the other and uh yeah just doing all sorts of weird weird manipulation there so I did I started off that way with all of the uh all of the original tracks just loaded them up into my STS and kind of jammed on them for a while but then I kind of took it a step further and and started adding you know multi-track stuff to them and um bass on some, and, you know, playing keys on some, and, you know, multi-layering different different patches, and I was really happy with how they all turned out individually, but once I was done with all of them, um, or thought I was done with all of them, I felt like they lacked cohesion. Um, I feel like there wasn't really a through line. They all sound like they could have been made by different people. Uh, maybe that's a little extreme, but, you know, there, there was just something missing um, and so I'd also had recently just got the R bar and was using a lot of um, I was using that that built-in cond- condenser mic uh, that it has on it a whole lot. So I uh, what I decided to do is just set up my synth in front of my studio monitors and play each thing through the R bar mic and then process it further through an, a whole other big patch. And and those patches were real were. Pretty close to the same. I think I actually may have used the same patch for each one of the songs because I was, that's what I was looking for for that cohesion. Because like it sounds a little lo-fi going through that condenser mic because it's not doesn't have a great um, frequency response and um or a wide frequency response. So that gave it kind of this this thing. And so what I did is recorded all that and then went into the original. Files or projects in the DAWs, and slapped those uh, those further processed files in there, and then mixed and and faded in and out accordingly. And I think that worked really well. It, I think it all does sound um, cohesive and like it's one thing. So yeah, thanks for asking. It was a really fun project. It's it's fun t- to talk about it because it's it was so long ago, and I don't really ever think about it. Um, but hey. On the, the topic of techniques, there you go, Reamp, amp your patch back into a different patch. Uh, try that out. Um, and speaking of this album, the Podular Modcast and Friends, last time I talked with David from Mystery Circles, there were three copies left. So if you want one of those baby blue vinyls, you should go right now, because they may be gone by the time I even release this. Um, so yeah, that that is cool. Thank you for that question. Um, and now we are getting to the end of the questions. So this, this week's episode might be a little short. There was some stuff about some patch challenges, which I really want to do. I'm teaching every night this week, so I have to leave my house like way earlier and I get home late. I just don't have time to make it um, and get this episode out in a timely fashion. So hopefully that can maybe I'll, I'll just do that when I have time and put it up on the Discord or something. But um, I saved the serious one for the end. This comes from Bobby Chaos. Um, I just have to say what's up, Bobby. Uh, thank you for your uh, weekly contributions and playing along with the the little secret word at the end of the episode game. Um, for those of you who don't know, I always say a secret word at the end of each episode for people to post without any sort of... Um, explanation on the Instagram post about the episode. So we kind of just went a little Christopher Nolan there as far as like convoluted, uh, intensity of, of, meta. And I don't think actually anything I just said, sorry, Christopher Nolan, I know you're a big fan. Um, I didn't mean any of that. Anyways, Bobby always participates and I love it. His question is, man, remember when I said brains are weird, um, his question is, I've been struggling with positivity slash gratitude lately. I was going to ask what tools you use to deal with those moments. That's a really tough one. Cause that's something that I also have had and occasionally have problems with. Um, but I have, it has gotten much, much better for me. Uh, I mean, there's, it's, there's no coincidence that it's, it's a lot, a lot has to do with probably my, uh. Finding some antidepressants that work for me, but also uh, getting out of the job that was sucking my soul out of my body, that helped. But I also have um, like some real—I have some real practical advice. Um, something that I did that I can't prove was uh, was useful, but in hindsight, I think I think it, it was actually more of a long game and kind of low-key useful. Uh, and I even talked about it. Um, on the show, but this was, you know, uh, God, this was like two over two years ago, but while I was at the job that I hated so, so very much and was almost at the pinnacle of my depression, one, one of the more serious, uh, you know, valleys that I, I have gone through, uh, I was just desperate to try to find anything and I was in this gratitude and, and, um, you know seeing the positive side of things was something that I really wanted, but it just felt like I couldn't access because, and that was, that's just like a real, that's just a real feedback loop because you're feeling bad and then you're feeling bad that you're feeling bad. And you're like, I have all this stuff that's going very well for me and all these great relationships and great people and all this privilege. And I, you know, and I'm still focusing on these things that are, that are negative And I don't know. So try not to get in that feedback loop you feel how you feel and try to be kind to yourself about that but here's what i did i kept an actual gratitude journal which sounds so so cheesy um but i set an alarm for every two hours on my phone uh while i was at the work day you know so so you know it was monday through friday every two hours from the start to finish of the workday and and no matter what i had to stop and write something that i was grateful for whether it was grilled cheese sandwiches or whether it was the fact that i was still you know i think there were a few entries that were like i'm grateful that i'm still trying to write things to be grateful about even though i think it's dumb and doesn't work you know like i tried not to 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 go too negative on it like that. But sometimes if I was feeling particularly bad, I had to be a little snarky, but um, I don't know for who, but uh, I, I did make a rule that I had to do it no matter what, even even on days where I felt like it was really stupid um, and, and pointless. And so I think I did that for like three months. And um, to be honest, while I was doing it, I was like, I don't think this is doing anything. Like I was a month in, I was like, "This is surprisingly ineffective." But I was also, you know, thinking to myself, like, "But let's just keep going and see." You know, maybe I haven't done it long enough. Or and and I honestly think it, it takes a really long time, and it's like it doesn't present itself to you uh, super obviously. Like you don't all of a sudden feel like you're bubbling with gratitude and positivity all the time. But I think what i i started noticing um i just started noticing negative like people being negative in situations where they could just as easily have gone the other way i think maybe that's something that like it it tuned my perception of that and um yeah and i think um i think you know the the brain is weird. <laughs> We've covered that a lot. But uh repetition, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, you like you're literally creating new neural pathways. So um yeah, i if you're having a problem with that or having trouble keeping that in the forefront of your consciousness and you feel like you're maybe um squandering your your privileged state uh in this life, then yeah, keep a little gratitude journal. Um, yeah, and, and try to maybe try to find ways to talk to more people about how, how they, or if they, um, you know, try to keep a mindful grasp on gratitude. And, uh, you know, I think again, just repetition, the more you're doing it, the more you're discussing it, the more you're hearing other people talk about it. Um, it's just going to be burned into your into your head more and the more it's in your the more it's burnt down in your head the more it'll pop up in your just kind of everyday normal uh computation of reality did that make sense i don't know but yeah that's a tough one it's really tough very 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 hard um well, while we're on this this subject of like mental health and everything i just want to let everybody know in case you don't know that on the Podmod discord there is actually a whole uh page dedicated to uh just people talking to each other or asking for people to talk to them about depression or, or whatever um and uh, it's been it's been nice to see that uh, remain active so it's a real supportive community over there and um one of the most important things when you're feeling really low is to talk it out and don't get into that trap of thinking, well, it's, you know, it's my problem. I don't want to, I don't want to bring anybody else down. I don't want to make my problems, anybody else's problems that you gotta, you gotta get rid of that. Um, because I don't know. I, I have, I, I am a, a keep it all in until, you know, there's nowhere else to like there's no more room to shove all the 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 depression and sadness down (laughs) and then it all kind of erupts like a volcano um in a in some sort of you know usually to a close friend or a close family member or my wife and um and i always feel so much better afterwards and always wonder why didn't i just kind of you know release this valve a little earlier um so yeah talk talk to the people that you know and love and it it can be hard it can be very hard to to talk about and um yeah and if you if 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 some anonymity is important i think the discord could be a nice place for you to do it i don't know um yeah there's your there's your weekly advice from a podcast with a host who is not even close to qualified to give you this kind of advice there's a lot of that going on on the internet, I think. Um, <laughs> well thank you. well okay all right so that that was pretty much it from the sub su- the submissions from all y'all aside from like the the patch challenge stuff which I do want to get to I will get to. Um, was this was this episode fun? do we want to do this more? Um, what kind of stuff do I need to do on the patreon? you know we talked about that earlier. let me know, reach out. Um, yeah. I think this is fun. I think this is cool. I like, I like, uh, I like interacting and collaborating with you all, and I'm just so, so very grateful that I could put a little post out on Discord and Instagram and have so many people come in and really help me out. So, if you're one of the people who submitted stuff to help make this episode happen, thank you so much. That was, it was awesome. Um, I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna stop yammering because I gotta get. I got to get up to uh, up to school to teach my classes. Um, yeah, thank you for coming back to Podular Modcast. Thank you to Patchworks. Get your Velocity tickets, VelocitySeattle.com. Check out AfterLaterAudio.com. Keep an eye on AfterLaterAudio because a lot of cool stuff is coming out uh, over the next, you know, pretty much the next year. Um, there's 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 a lot of cool stuff. Uh, thank you to Obsidian Sound. Nathan Moody The mastering magician The wizard You gotta get your stuff mastered By a professional And he's the guy to do it Um Support me on Patreon If you can And uh yeah Until next week Oh you thought I was gonna forget The uh The secret word The secret word This week Bobby are you listening Secret word is. I'm looking around at my bookshelf right now for a cool word, and I'm gonna go with. Uh, uh, <laughs> nothing. Nothing's. Nothing's jumping out at me. Man, this this one's really annoying. I feel like I, I almost want to just like really drag it out now to where it's really not funny and then it'll become funny again and then it won't be funny um let's just do creepy pasta creepy pasta that's that's the secret this is those are the secret code words for this week's episode thank you so much